So you're ready to ask the biggest question of your life. The only question before that question. How do you find the perfect ring to ask it with? With the incredible selection of diamonds at Jared and our price match guarantee, you can dare to stop searching and find the perfect diamond at a price you'll love. Visit your local Jared store today and dare to be devoted. We promise to match any price on a like loose certified diamond of the same quality from any other jewelry retailer. See jared.com slash price match for details. Hello, and welcome to Everyday Connection Now with your hosts, Jean Victoria Norlock and Rick O'Shields, bringing your inner life to your everyday life. Welcome, everybody, to this edition of Everyday Connection Now. I'm Rick O'Shields, and, wow, new place. I don't have any earthly idea which direction you are, but north <laughs> is Jean Victoria Norlock. How you doing, Jean? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. It's a balmy eight degrees here today, or it was, I should say. I saw the sunshine today for the first time in weeks. It stopped raining long enough for the sun to come out. Yes, folks, I did say rain. I realize I live in a, up in the Quebec mountains, and you should be hearing that it's snow in January. But no, we have rain, <laughs> lots of rain. And I actually have a tree that is budding in my driveway. In, again, it's mid-January we're talking about in, yeah. in Canada. <laughs> global weirding very, very is in charge. A global weirding is in charge. Um, it's been a weird, man, it's been so long since we've been on the air. And it's been an absolutely weird holiday season, but... December just got... Well, whatever. But, yeah. but December was pretty crazy for most people I know. Um, it went away. Yeah. <laughs> Came and, and went. <laughs> yeah. And... Uh, but it's it, it really is to me anyway. It's palpably different energy, so to speak, uh, now that we've gotten round the bend from that. And um, uh, so I'm excited to be back. I we have exciting things coming in 2014 for everybody. Uh, not just that we're back and taping new shows, and and uh, we've we've still got a couple of shows yet to release. And uh, uh, but we have big things coming. Do we, do we tell them we have big things coming, or do we no, just leave it at that? No, don't tell them what it is. Yeah, leave it at that. You know, because we don't we don't have a launch date yet um, nope. set. Um, we'll just leave it at Rick has managed to find a way to get me to get up early every day. Wow! And y'all didn't, who've been following the show for a long time, you can all swim in that for a while and think about how that's going to work out and what's going to happen. There will be no wine. Um. <laughs> we, we, shall, we shall tape no show before it's time. <clears throat> yes. Uh, so there you go. Um, Richard. I will leave, leave you guys to ponder on that. Julio. That, that Rick's found a way to get me up early. Julio. Yeah, yeah. So that's going to be fun. and uh, But we're going to have fun tonight, too. Uh, yes, we did. I was thinking earlier today about, you know, current events. What do you... Goodness gracious! What do you what do you say? You, I said a TED talk at you know Jane today. Matter here's here's what I have to say about current events. Good job, guys. Right on. Our our 
our work technically is done. Everything we do from here on out is just about having fun and getting to know the amazing, remarkable people who have created this new energy. But looking out into the world, talking to people, watching the news, watching the progression of the shows, watching the way that, that programming itself has changed, even commercials, um, mass media, the way that our, our big name big name profiles, the, the actors, the musical artists, how they're acting and interacting and, and the messages that they're bringing forward. Good job. The hard part's over. That's what I have to say about current events. <laughs> Good job. Wow. That's a mouthful and just precisely right on. I think, you know, I mean, amazing things. You know, TED Talks from... <laughs> Chief Operating Officers of gigantic multinational corporations going, look, man, profit is not the point. What? Wait a minute. <laughs> Let me play that again. So, fortunately, it was only set like seven minutes. TED Talks can be 18. So I played it twice. It was, it was that good. Uh, you know, positive angle, transparency, make a difference. Change wow. lives through little actions. Yeah. yeah. It's you know but this is it's it's not just that one ted talk that's what i'm talking about it's it's all across the board like everywhere you look if you if you if you really open your eyes to it and it's what we're seeing look past the fascinating you know something blew up cuz explosions are pretty as long as nobody's getting hurt uh-huh. uh so they catch your attention but look past that and man it's a it's yeah. amazing and uh, you know the 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 transparency that I'm seeing begin to catch on. I, not everybody will get it right off the bat, you know. But goodness gracious, I am amazed, and I expected difference, you know. I expected it. I expected it to be different, but wow, I like it. I know, I know, I know. It's been, this year has been an eye opener. An absolute eye-opener. So I can only imagine that 2014, because this is actually the first show we're taping in 2014. I can only imagine, you know, the year 2014 is just going to be mind-blowing. So, yeah. And, and, Yay, and the, yet again. And the first show that we're doing with Phoenix uh, Nest on one end and Phoenix, Arizona on the other end. The Phoenix Phoenix show. <laughs> right? How cool is that? I think it's very How cool. How cool is that? I'm, I'm I think absolutely we finally loving it here. Finally figured it out, eh? We we had we just had to get you to a Phoenix location. That's right. Get me some Phoenix energy. So, I'm so that we starving. could Phoenix together. That's there it. you go. We could Phoenix together, and um, I gosh, like you said, I don't know what else to say about current events. Goodness gracious. Uh, well, why don't we just bring out on our guest because on she's the part of that energy that's. Absolutely, and we and shaking and moving the world in in a whole new awesome direction. Teasing about the Phoenix Phoenix, and now we can have Molly 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 because uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> our uh, does she know? <laughs> does I don't think she. I, I don't. I don't think she does. <laughs> and and uh, uh, but we can talk about the three Mollies. Uh, we can. Which we do because we have with us tonight uh, author. Speaker and radio show host. Uh-oh, three radio show hosts. <laughs> We're going to be talking. Um, and her name is Molly Friedenfeld? Yep, that's right. Ah, see, 
I didn't even try this time. I used to always ask the guests, and then I'd still mess it up. So I just read it. How are you doing, Molly? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me on your show. Oh, we're thrilled that you had time to join us. Yeah, thanks for coming to play. So we'll get right down to it because um, might as well get the show started and going and rolling and all that stuff. Molly, who on earth are you and what do you do? <laughs> That's a great question. I think I'm still trying to figure that out. But uh, who on earth am I? My name is Molly Friedenfeld. My uh, complete name, I love to uh talk to people about the significance of names because it helps, kind of helps us figure out who we are. And uh, with you asking that question, I'll tell you what my name means. My name, Molly, is a pet name in Hebrew for Mary, which also means the beloved. And then my middle name is Evelyn, which contains Eve, which represents the first woman on the earth. And my last name is Friedenfeld, which Frieden, F-R-I-E-D, means peace and feld means land so it means peaceful person of the land so my name all together means the beloved first woman that is a peaceful woman of the land so there you go oh that's so cool i love that so I awesome do. i'm i'm a i'm a big lover of the name game because my name's really funky too people are always asking why didn't why did you choose the name that you chose to be your pen name and it actually it my pen name means exactly the same thing as my birth name means, which is Yahweh's great victory of the people. Ooh. So I couldn't, I couldn't give up the name, meaning of that name. I couldn't let it go. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Oh, that's, yeah, really, that's right? really awesome. Oh, I love that. I, and I love your name. I love what it means. Wow. The energy that comes from that is just insane. You must have just so much fun with that. Yes, I absolutely love it. And, you know, before I got married, my name was Hershey. My last name was H-E-R-S-H-U-Y, like the chocolate. So the thing that was cool about that is my name that I came into this world with that I loved was all about the divine masculine and divine feminine rolled into one last name. It was because the word he and she is contained within the word Hershey. So that was cool, too, and I love that name. So I still hold on to that as well. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. So I, the, this brings me to a question before we go any further. Did I'm just curious. Did you seeking out the meaning behind your name have any impact on the direction and the purpose of your journey? Well, you know, the whole thing that I do is uh, that's really a valuable part of my life. It's part of my everyday walk is that I always try to peel back the layers of everything to find um, an absolute truth on something. And it's all about, for me, accessing the wisdom of my heart. So for that was just one part of it after uh, I got married, which was three years ago on Elvis's birthday, January 8th. I just celebrated my uh, third anniversary. <laughs> so happy anniversary! Thank you. Elvis was present too. He, he's still in the building. <laughs> just kidding. Cool. So um, yeah, that was just when I got married. I really, really loved this name, my my husband's last name, and I've always loved the last name Hershey. And so when I really embraced his name, I'm like, there's got to be something more to that. So. 
in my daily walk of truth, I just started um, wanting to find out more, like what is the significance of that and what does it have to do with my journey here? And it really is incredibly significant with regards to my journey here because my part of the things that I do and that I teach people in my online classes and that I have in my book that I wrote is really all about the truth uh, helps us return and have peace of mind. It is when we want to see the truth in everything and we access the wisdom in the center of our heart, the check. We dropped for a moment. Oh, all of a sudden I was like, hello. Okay, I don't know where I left off. We're, let's see. The last words I heard were the truth in. So. Okay. Um, I just, uh, let's see. So what I do is I try and help people, you know, access the wisdom of their heart so they can find the truth in everything. And when you're on this journey of truth, it is part of everyone's journey here to end that mind chatter and return to peace of mind. And by doing that is really finding the truth in everything, like asking your heart, you know, what's the truth in this? What's the truth in that? Does this feel right? Does that does that not feel right? Should I go this way? And so that also has to do with, of course, me taking on this last name of Friedenfeld, where I have um, really actually put on a coat of responsibility to help other people um, journey into their hearts and find their own peace as well. This is amazing. Brilliant, yummy answer. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It stuns me every time we ask the question, we, and we think we've heard them all. Here they come. <laughs> yeah, I love you guys asking that question. That, that really brings something from the depths of your soul out that you want to. Um, a lot of things that my uh, friend and I, we have, that we talk about is the heart of humanity. And we talk about um, connecting with the souls of the one to bring forth what is the message that, the souls of the one want to hear about on a specific day and it's always different and that question that you guys ask is tapping into that which is why you always get such a profound answer yummy yeah we've discovered over time that um because we have a few guests who come back and it's so much fun to ask the question again because then we get to ask so uh who on earth are you now and what are you up to these days? Because, and it, but it's, it's always in whatever moment. And, and that's you know, part of the message of the show, I guess, is who we are in every moment can change and does change and will continue to change. And that's okay. In fact, that's good. That's the whole part and parcel of this whole journey that we're all on is, is growth and expansion. So it's, it's the only question I could think of that I could ask people that would allow them to express whatever it is that they feel they need to express like right now oh yeah absolutely and and i always say like um you know flexibility is the virtue of an expanded mind or expanded heart because when you're being flexible and you're just saying okay what am i being called to do now you know and you're stepping into your yes every single day that when something feels right you're stepping into your yes it really allows you to be incredibly flexible and when you're um stringent or rigid on your thinking it just keeps you trapped in 
in one moment, you know, in time. And we are always being asked to constantly be moving and changing and, and morphing because the energy is always constantly changing. So there's no way we can, we can stay the same. Even if you absolutely try, you can't, you, you have to change in some way, shape or form. So, yeah, that's true. It would be rather dull, I would think. <laughs> a bit robotic. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Where is that? Yeah, that flexibility. That's one of those simple human truths, I should think. Yes, and you know what's kind of funny is um, when I was thinking about flexibility and um, just being able to be, to expand yourself, I was in Texas on a business trip, and I stopped at a gas station, and when I came out, um, I I talked to my angels all the time and they were like, look over this way. So I looked and there's this like phone booth. It was so weird. I was like, is this, is this for real? I'm looking around like, is this candy camera or something? It was like a phone booth. And you know, where's there a phone booth anymore, but there wasn't a phone in it. So I took a picture of it because I just thought that was so cool that here we are all on these cell phones and we're all moving around cordless and everything like that. And then what kind of flowed into my mind was this blog post that I wrote a couple days afterwards about that, which was all about, you know, I remember people not wanting to embrace the cell phone and you wanted to have this corded phone in your house. And then all of a sudden it went to the cordless phone and you walked around in your house with the cordless phone. And then people were like, I'm giving up my landline because I'm going to have, you know, just a cell phone. And people were like, what? That's ridiculous. You can't just have a cell phone, but you can. And so it's just a matter of completely moving with the change. You know, you don't have to embrace it at the moment when everybody else does. But as soon as you just kind of start the flow and when it feels right to you, you move with it. But but if those people that said, I'm going to still stay on my corded phone, well, you're not going to be able to use a phone booth anymore. That's for sure. <laughs> so you have to change at some point. <laughs> That's so true. That's so true. Eventually you will be swept up by the tidal weight of change, whether you like it or not. So it's so much easier to just jump in the river and let it take you along for the ride. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Get an inner tube, just kind of recline, lay back, enjoy the scenery. <clears throat> yes, for sure. Yep. Indeed. So now you're an author and a radio show host and so how did that all start like where where did you come from do you just wake up one day and decide i'm going to write a book uh well that is a very long story but ever since i've been a child i've been a, a talker i was never one that people would say she has a you know doesn't have any words to use i i would use up all my words by the end of the day that's for sure <laughs> so I've always really been in like the communication industry. I, I've always had, um, without even really getting aware of being on my path, I've always had a, a journey in communication. And it started working in um, a newspaper company and then moving out to California and coming back and working at a radio station and then um, creating my own radio station with, of course, the onset of internet radio. But the way that my book and everything came about and everything started just totally coming about for me in a flash was 
I had left the radio industry for a while. Everything was changing. Corporate America had just not made it fun anymore. It was like one of the coolest places I ever worked. It was like being in your joy every day. We were all buddies and friends. And then um, corporate executives from New York came in and said, stop having fun, sit in cubicles, do this. And so we all started jumping, you know, out of there and moving into mm -hmm. different careers. And so I went into real estate and I was in real estate for seven to eight years, just mining my own business, but being a really great person of integrity, always making sure that I had people in the right, you know, homes and very satisfied with, with my work. And then during the last year, uh, my father was very ill. He was nearing the end of his life. And I started encountering, um, uh, people in houses that were vacant, like all the foreclosure houses had, you know, occurred here in the United States and all these houses were vacant. So I'm showing empty houses, but I'm connecting with the energy of someone who's passed away in that house. And I'd be like, what is going on in here? Like, I could tell there was a guy that used to sit in front of this window and he'd watch the squirrels out in the back. And I mean, so it happened to me probably like five times. And then my father passed away and I was with him the evening that he passed away and I helped him cross over just being there with him, being like a redwood tree, just being very, um, uh, you know, grounded and helping him not have any fear and allowing him to just know that he's going to have some incredible um, loved ones on the other side waiting for him. And on the way home from uh, the hospice center that night, I encountered, uh, I was driving like 60 miles an hour, and I heard in my head, clear as a bell, like, slow down, and I'm going 60, and so when you hear that in your head, you slow down. So I, I came around the corner, and there was like a deer just standing right in the road looking at me, and I said, I got it, Dad. Thanks for letting me know that you're okay, and I knew that was a message from him because he had been very connected to deer his whole life, and so that deer just trotted to the side of the road and then just looked back at me through the window. And as I drove off, you know, and that at that point, I started connecting all these dots on all the synchronicities, of course, that are in front of us all the time. And I started, you know, taking out my earplugs and peeling off my blinders and allowing myself to see and hear everything. And everything, the floodgates opened. And within that experience within a year and a half, I had uh, written this book because I had started to get all this information in that I was supposed to write a book. And in fact, um, right before I went on a vacation, I had a reading with a, a friend of mine who was practicing to become a medium. And my dad came through and he came through in only the way that I would know that it was him. He said, you have everything, get going and write this book. And my dad had spent his whole life trying to get published. And so I wanted to be able to honor this, this tradition, this legacy that he wanted so bad to leave here. But digital publishing just wasn't available then, of course. So um, I know that it's this, um, these words of wisdom that have been flowing from my heart, which is, you know, when we really tap into ancient wisdom, it's the same wisdom that we're all getting. And it doesn't ever change. It's been the same since the beginning of time. And you know you're tapping into ancient wisdom because something you say, all of a sudden you'll hear like, you know, Pope, the new Pope Francis says, and you're like, what? 
I just said that two months ago. That's amazing. You know, so Oh my like, goodness, I know. It happens yeah. to me all the time. Half That's the true. stuff that he's done this last year I wrote about as my vision for the future for the church in my first book. Isn't that so fabulous? this has been the most exciting year for me. <laughs> and you know what Francis, I, think I love happen? you. <laughs> I think the things that are gonna be so cool that will happen with that is that the, some of these people that have been so um, blindfolded by their, you know, religion or just their belief system in general, when they start coming across these books that other people are writing and they'll go, wait a second, those people said the same thing that she said, that he said, that they said, they'll start connecting the dots on that ancient wisdom. Exactly, which is why, and this is, this is one of the things that we talk about, again, on the show all the time, why it's all the same message, but it's shouted loudly from a whole bunch of different voices in different languages. And when I say in different languages, I don't mean in Arabic or in English or in French. I mean, we all have a different way of expressing this same message. And there are people out there who need to hear it in a certain way. So there needs to be enough of us to put it out there in a way that covers all those different methodologies of getting that same message out there. Oh, my gosh. It's not a competition. It's not a competition. It's a collaboration. Even if we never meet these people, these other brothers and sisters that are out there doing the same work, saying the same thing, if we never meet, we never know their names, we never hear them, we know they're there. We can feel them. We know we're not alone, and they're there, they're there doing exactly what they need to do, when they need to do it, how they need to do it. Oh, my gosh, that's absolutely true. And even, even inflections, like you're really, you have like that totally cute inflection in your voice, you know, because you're from Canada. <laughs> I love it. It's like, and I have this nasally Minnesotan, you know, accent and everything like that. But everything, every intonation, every inflection um, is like a chord that vibrates on someone's heart differently. And so that is why we all have, you know, the, the, those that want the truth delivered to the world at this time that are tapping into this ancient wisdom. And we all have different deliver, excuse me, different deliveries, different ways to say things. We are touching people's heartstrings in different ways. Like I, I am totally, um, I've had way many past lifetimes as a warrior. And so I am really bringing in this like, really it's a constant thing for me that I have to bring in this peaceful warrior energy because I have this way about me where I'm like, the truth has to be out. You know, we've got to see, you know? So it's it's so funny that you're saying that though, because that's been like my internal conflict over this last year, because I want to, this is a new energy. This is a peaceful energy that we're living in now, but I'm, I'm a warrior, like ancient, ancient, warrior energy i want to fight something but now is not the time to fight now is the time to to invite in right so it's Mm -hmm. (laughs) i totally get what you're saying because you have to find a balance between the two so the peaceful warrior i like that i like that idea i could be a peaceful warrior Absolutely. That's what actually that's what we're all called to do, because we're all I believe we're all the essence of love. So all of our journeys, whether we were a warrior in a past lifetime or perhaps we were a a way big pacifist. So a pacifist has to find their inner strength and start getting more brave and bringing forth their energy in a stronger way. So they balance and that's that divine feminine, divine masculine energy. And 
a, a warrior is all about balancing their um, loving energy as well. So you must bring that divine feminine and balance it with the divine masculine warrior energy so that you can actually reach people's hearts. Because if we sit there and try and cram information or truth down someone's throat, we only are able to access someone's heart when we can shine the light into the heart and the heart responds. And hearts don't respond to fear and they don't respond to anger and pain. They shut down. So for us to be able to um, balance that warrior energy with the love energy is when you really attain this peaceful warrior energy. And then, my gosh, those people that are able to do that are the ones that this year in 2014, I believe, is the era of light. It's the year of the guardians of light. I I talk about the guardians of light all the time because these are the people that have been put in place um, when we see something unjust in front of us that we step forward with bravery and we say, "Uh uh-uh, it ain't going down that way. I'm not going to do anything in a battle, but I'm going to show you with love that this is the way that we change things now. This is the way that things get different. And we really aren't asked to be perfect, but we're asked to make a difference. And we're asked to help other people that are sitting in the sidelines that have done so through history, through a lot of things like, let's say, all the people that sat by the sidelines in the Holocaust until it steamrolled into a disaster. You know, all of the people that have sat by you know, a car accident when many people are injured and they're just standing there looking. We're all asked now to, like, get into your heart and start looking beyond ourselves for our brothers and sisters in humanity, and all of us are working together to bring forth this light here at this time. And it's really being done by example, and that's the beautiful thing about it, because to me, I, I had this great, wonderful, like, three months of, I don't know, in, in the old world energy, we'd call it depression. Um, but I'm, I'm going to call it introspection because I just literally like had to remove myself from everybody, everything, and just focus on my health and my well-being and, and my messages to self and what did I want and what was my purpose and where was I going to go. And anybody who's listening is thinking, you've written three books, you've been doing this radio show for two and a half years, you're supposed to know already where you're going. And it's like, no, it's a journey, I'm still figuring it out. Um, but it, during that time, I had this epiphany of, what do you do with a warrior when there's no more battle left to fight? And I thought, well, what's the greatest strength of the warrior? And I thought, well, a warrior, first and foremost, their, their desire is more to heal always than it is to hurt. It's something that's within every warrior. Their, 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 their energy is all about protectiveness. And they want to heal and they want to um, protect, but they want to do it in a way that, in the least damaging way possible. In ancient times, that's what warriors were taught. I mean, if you, the less blood you shed, the better, right? Um, yeah. So, you know, that's one of the things that, that that energy can be brought forth, and the strength, the perseverance, the willingness to keep going, regardless of what's going on exterior, you keep going. You keep working interior, inside yourself, to to bring up within yourself the things that you need and want to share with the world. Those were the greatest strengths of the ancient warriors. And so 
that's what they're going to bring to the table now in a time when it's most needed because they're going to do it by example. They're going to go out into the world and they're going to not tell the world the way it should be, but show them just by doing it. Mm-hmm. Just they're going to go out and do it. And people are going to go, oh, that works. And they're going to go, yeah, it does. Come here. I'll show you how. You can do it that way. <laughs> they, right? they told me for years you couldn't do that, but look. Yes, absolutely. Look, you can. Well, and it's all about uh, that's why there's so many warriors that are on this planet at this time because we are all breaking down these barriers that have been installed by people that haven't wanted change. And a, a warrior will always find a way over it, under it, through it, or blast their way, you know, you know, around it, and they'll, they'll, they'll make it happen. And But what we're being asked to do then, too, is not go into, let's say, a room full of people or a symposium and say, you know, face anything negative with more negativity because then we just get, you know, that negativity back. And And these peaceful warriors that we all are, because when we return to our essence, once we transition to the light and we return to the essence of love, our whole journeys are to be able to return to the essence of love while we walk upon this planet. And that is why you hear about Ascended Masters, because they were able to balance everything that came at them all at once on their journey and were able to be the essence of love while they walked upon this earth. So a, a peaceful warrior is, is like what I call the guardian of light. They are the modern-day knights. They, are, um, they activate on chivalry, on grace. They help bring about unity and trust, and they have this innate wisdom, so they know, you know what words of wisdom to give at what time and when not to because that's not going to you know, work. And then they also look at all souls, Um, with equality, that no one is higher than another person, no one's better than another person. We are all equal souls walking this earth just trying to figure this stuff out. And so when we can do that, that's when we really attain sovereignty and we we are actually able to um, have this loving way that we live with purity. Like a lot of people, I'll give you a a quick example, like – I have a fleur-de-lis that I wear on my necklace all the time, and the fleur-de-lis represents a trinity. <laughs> Absolutely. And, you know, it represents a trinity, and for, it represents many different trinities, Father, Son, Holy Ghost, purity, love, and truth, you know, and it represents, of course, Mary Magdalene and the, the mother energy. So um, when you can actually draw on something to help stabilize where you are so you can understand and see other people are on journeys too and they're trying to figure it out and what's something that isn't my sticky point that I got in a second, somebody else might be journeying through 10 years of depression over it. So we are being called to be these beacons of compassion and um, that's also what's, you know, a a knight, a modern day knight or someone that is um, a guardian of light does as well. The yeah, it makes me think of... These are abounding mm, here. <laughs> yeah. It, 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 Hold on, Rick. They, I'll be over here. They really are. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, but it, it, it was making me think while we were uh, typing to each other in the background here that, you know, poor Jane's talking to herself tonight. Um, yeah, that we, we, we recently had a, uh, a guest with us uh, that actually has 
a British sir in his name, Sir Julian Rose. And, um, he is a knight. Such a knight. And we called him a knight in defense of life or a knight in service to our mother. He decided back in 1975 that organic was the way to go and that the, the chemical farming revolution was not so good. And he spoke and, and, and those sorts of things, but he took his estate that he inherited that he didn't think he really wanted to have inheriting and, and converted it to a, an organic operation, and it flourished. And it also had uh, you know, kids out for this is really where food comes from. It doesn't come from the store and 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 baking things. And, and, and it became a community gathering and enriching spot, not just a food enriching spot. And uh, so he did. He just stepped right up and said, OK, right. Can't be done. Here we go. And. And, and documented his whole conversion process and the whole thing. And, and uh, uh, you know, was he the end-all, do-all? No, there's lots of other people involved. But that's what you were talking about, Gene, that there's, whether you see them or talk to them or hear them, they're out there and they're doing their thing. And, 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 and that's almost a, almost a, that stealth, you could say, is almost, it, it's that warrior quality. I'm not going to make a big Long bunch of noise picture. about it, but I'm going to move right along and just do, you know. Right. And mm-hmm. while you think I'm still way out there at the gates, I'll be, you know, in the throne room, straightening some things out over here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, because it's 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 those quiet voices that, you know, yeah, yeah, that's all nice, but you can't really do it. And they go, no, really, I did. It's here. Look, it. That's when people go, oh, really? You can do that. But it, because I think it is, it's this. So many people are so convinced that you just can't do that. Oh, you can't do that. Social, socially responsible corporations. Ah. <laughs> that, that won't work. That'll never work. <laughs> you can't make any money. And the the chief operating officer we're talking about is Unilever. Is the name of the company. Uh, most everybody's, you know, Life Boy soap and and uh, Nor soups and, you know. Nor, one of the biggest companies of soup oh, yeah. and sauces there is in the world. And really, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Everybody knows the name. <laughs> yep. Everybody knows the name. They, yeah. He he basically went in, and the guy asked him, "So, what do you think you're here to do?" And he said, "I'm here to sell soup and soap." And the guy said, "No, you're here to change lives." Hmm. And he went, "What? What?" And then he took this incredible journey into this in this this incredible exploration of how marketing soap in the right way uh. can change the lives of thousands of people in mm-hmm. teaching them that cleanliness uh, yeah i'm going to say it or oh, quote and, and people are going to cringe is next to godliness but you know i mean it's important in in a lot of countries there's still a need for education there as far as as far as cleanliness and taking care of your food and you know washing your hands it's still not in some places something that's common knowledge so that's something that they've incorporated into their business. Um, one of the things that they're also doing with it is is empowering women to become entrepreneurs. I mean, 
mm-hmm. you don't think of that when you see a package of Nor on the shelf in the grocery store. Would you ever think of that as being a reality in a business that's so big, in a corporation that's so big? But next time you're in the grocery store, to the people who are listening, take a moment and reflect. When you look at that package of Nor sauce or that Nor soup, Think about the fact that these people who run that corporation firmly believe that they have a responsibility to mankind and to the communities in which they live to go above and beyond the bottom line. That money is not the be-all and end-all of their journey as a corporation. That's powerful. Powerful enough to make me willing to buy the sauce. When maybe I might not, but I would buy their product now just to support that. Or buy their product over the one next to it, perhaps. Um, Yeah, to support that idea. Because that's brilliant. And it it needs to be supported. It needs to be celebrated. And that's what we're talking about in this change that has occurred right around the globe. People Mm -hmm. are just thinking differently. They're just, it's just different. Yeah, and they're making their purchases depending on that, too. That, I mean, that's really, you know, um, it's picking companies that are the foundation of integrity instead of just picking something. I mean, and that's a mindset that is, is going to be changing now in the era of late as well, that it's not just about price. You know, it's about the actual conscious goodness that's going on behind the company. Like, who are you purchasing from? You know, what kind of company is it? And I think that's just part of the walk of truth that everyone's being asked to do now is like, don't, don't just buy something because you've been told to buy it because it feels right in your heart to buy it. And that, you know, it's a good company that's making changes in the world positively, you know? And it's cool to know that there are companies out there doing it, that this is the reality now of our times. It's not, it's no longer a dream. And that's the thing, you know, for so long, so many of us have sat in, in our little bubbles and gone, I wish, I wish. And they've seen what's wrong with the world. And they've envisioned this, this shift, this change. They've envisioned solutions to the problems that they see. And then it's almost like miraculously overnight you open your eyes and, and the solutions have become reality. Yes. And people and I- say, you know, it's... It, Go on. Oh, yeah, and I think what you were just saying about solutions, the thing I love about that is when people say, you know, we have a big problem here. This is a problem. We have a problem. And that's where a peaceful warrior comes in and says, you know, I don't believe in problems. These are all solutions to overcome. And when you can see, like what you guys were talking about before, like, you know, when someone says to me, that can't be done or that's just not going to change, I just say, well, let me show you how it can. Let me show you how it can. And, and then you just do it, and then you help help people realize that things aren't problems. They're all solutions to overcome. It's just we have to look at things from a higher perspective, like from an eagle's eye perspective, instead of standing on our knees looking through a pinhole going, yep, it's got to go down this way. This is the only way it can go down, which that's just not the truth. We have thousands of choice points at any moment in any time to make positive choices or make a choice that is continuously in that negative vibration. I, I honestly couldn't agree more. And that's, you know, it's a warrior trait. We're stubborn and we're pig-headed. It is what it is. <laughs> we'll call it what it is because it's the truth. Deal with it, My, people. 
deal with it. My last three months have been, like I said, dedicated to, to looking within. And part of my issues are I have that dreaded disease called fibromyalgia. And I've been denying that for years. I'm not, I'm not going to accept that I have it because then it's just going to go away. Yeah, that'll work. <laughs> yeah, just ignore but, it. Put it in the corner. But what if, what if I changed that up and said, okay, right now I have it, but I'm stubborn and pigheaded. So you can tell me that I can't have a cure, that there is no cure, that I won't find a cure, and that I can't manage it without the dreaded medication, the chemicals the drugs, the stuff that makes me go, Wee! but I'm stubborn and pigheaded. I'm going to find a way. Granted, it may take me a little longer than if I just took the drugs. However, I'm happy to report that after three months and a lot of work, my fibro flare-up is no longer there, and it's still the middle of winter here. I mm. should still be in the depths of despair and depression and, and hurting, but I'm not because there's something in me that says I'm not going to give up. So, but in saying that, it's not enough to just say I'm not going to give up and get well. For me, it's got to be a very open and transparent journey. For the last three months, I have not been the greatest. But because I have the radio show and because I can write and because I have my blog, I'll be able to write about the journey back to wellness so that I can take the knowledge that I've attained and share that for other people out there who have it, have that same disorder. And then they can take whatever they need from my sharings and find their own path to wellness. And that's what I mean by doing. It's not enough to just, you know, sit on the sidelines like you said. I could take mm -hmm. the medication. That'd be easy. It'd be easy to take the medication. Um, but I don't think anybody wants to live the way I've been living. So I'm determined to find a cure for it. And that's just one person, though. That I'm like, That's my experience. But there's so many other people out there doing the same thing in different walks of life. We've had guests on who've cured MS with natural methods we've got you know our our environmental knight who's helping the people in poland helping the farmers in poland keep their keep their lands um people like you who are empowering people it's it you know it takes all of us doing mm -hmm. our individual journeys and our individual experiences and then it takes us sharing those experiences because Absolutely. if we don't share them there's no point in having them Right, and we go through these journeys so we can uh, share the wisdom we have gained through our journey, which helps people. Uh, can I just tell you one thing, uh, the things that I'm hearing in my head while you're talking, and I don't know if this means anything to you, but I've, I was hearing, let in more universal light and go swim with the dolphins. <laughs> see, Rick, I do have to go back to Costa Rica. Right? <laughs> Got to go see yeah. Sierra. So, That's, have you? Did you swim with the dolphins down there? Did no, you? I didn't. I didn't get we the chance. Didn't, but we have a we have a dear friend uh, from long time that does dolphin and whale swims in Costa Rica. Mm -hmm. And when we went for the radio show, we talked about going to see her. And then I went back and lived there for six months and talked about mm -hmm. going to see her. And I never got over there to go see her. And I now I know why. It's because we've got to go together again. Oh. <laughs> 
Oh, very cool. Well, I, I will say that uh, I know a few people, my sister, this is probably why they're, you know, telling me this because my sister has gone to, it's called Dolphin, Dolphin Quest or Wild Quest. And um, what they do is you go for a week. So whether it's in Costa Rica or the Bahamas and, you know, you swim with the dolphins for the whole week. And there was a woman who had suffered from severe um, just mental anguish and a lot of ailments. And she was actually, you know, terminally diagnosed. And she every year has gone back to swim with the dolphins. And the frequencies, of course, are all very healing. And it's down by, of course, the Bermuda Triangle, too. And you you float over the Edgar Casey um, bridge, they call it, and it's really incredible. They said, and so that's why I was hearing that for you. That I think that perhaps just um, really letting in more universal light, just continually flood yourself with that every day, and and whenever you get that chance to swim with the dolphins, you might find that's really cool for you. Well, I will definitely put that on my wish list of things that um, <laughs> things that I will do in bucket the near list. future. Uh, bucket, bucket list. list. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, it, it's it it has it's been a journey. It's been a journey that I, you know, and it's been years that I've been wrestling with this disease disorder, whatever you want to call it. And every winter I crash, and every winter I get back up i.e., you know, the nickname Phoenix. Um, but <laughs> I am determined that thanks to the help and the the wisdom and the insights of all the various amazing people that we've met in the last two and a half years doing the show, that I'm just going to take all of the knowledge they've given me. I'm going to use everything that they've taught me. And I'm determined that come next winter, there will be no crash. Mm-hmm. And so that next spring I can say definitively I beat it and then I can start writing about it and let people know how that works because you can't tell me that anything in this world is not curable (laughs) I just refuse to accept that (laughs) right well we just have so many examples that are that are coming they're coming like avalanche these days uh, of folks like Dr. Walls that you talked about that had multiple sclerosis and was just sort of told to go lay in a wheelchair until she died. And she was like, no, nah, that's not working for me. <laughs> and and put her scientific mind to work on it and in, in a brilliant way and is now, you know, trying to share that. Um, so it, it's an amazing time. Uh, right. An amazing time to be here. And... Uh, and even to have a, we could have a radio show and we could document all this stuff. Oh, <laughs> wait, no. Um, <laughs> well, we could. Golly gee. <laughs> Which reminds me that uh, time flies when you're having this kind of expansive fun. And we're halfway through. Um, so it's time for us to take our evening break. What do you think, Jane? You've been having the conversation. What, uh, are we, it ain't that hard, it, um, from Jordan? I'm thinking, or, a little jo- thinking a little Jolene. Why am I thinking little Jolene? Jolene. Um, um, the, age, the age of Aquarius? Firebird? Fire, Firebird? Firebird? In a V? Oh, yeah, that's in a V. That's in a V. A little uh, Phoenix and Firebird. 
stuff. <laughs> there you go. It's fitting. I it's think absolutely so. Absolutely so. Particularly for the first Phoenix Phoenix show. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Of course. There you go. So with this the three mollies. With the three mollies. That's a pet name. Which we still haven't explained. <laughs> the pet name. Yeah. Okay. We'll get right we'll through that. that. We'll get back. This yep. is our dear friend Ina V, you, who you can find at www.enavie.com. That's right. It's a link. you got to come back listen to the second half of the show because we're going to tell you where you can find Molly and where you can find the book, and we're going to have more brilliance popping out. Our brilliance is showing, or at least you ladies' brilliance is showing. So here's some Firebird for the Phoenix Phoenix folks, and we'll be right back. Stay with us. I am a snake, the ring upon my belly. I am a great, great one, living in her humility. I undulate, I shed my skin around midnight, twist my way upon the earth. And I am a firebird, rising high in the sky. I am a firebird. 
All right. Welcome back, everybody. Again, that was our friend Ina V. And uh, do go check her out at inav.com. That's E-N-A-V-I-E.com. And while you're there, check out her video for Earth Prayer and uh, the Earth Prayer Project. She's doing some amazing stuff with that. And you can hear that, too, at break time when you tune in for our next show or the one after. We play it pretty often. Or any of the archive shows that we have that you can find at everydayconnection.me because it's all about me. That's right. Whichever me is listening. Hundreds of shows. You could just type something into the search engine. and You want to hear about the, the doctor that overcame multiple sclerosis? Just type that in there. And you'll get it. Uh, it's good stuff. So we've been at this for a little while, you and I. We have. This connection we have. thing. Yeah. Yeah. Odd that. Odd that. So I have a question, and it's so way off topic, but I'm going to ask it anyways because I'm curious. Somewhere in your journey, Molly, did you, um, I mean, you've got the Mary, and you've got the fleur-de-lis, and, well, I'm guessing the angels came in there somewhere. So so did you, did you by chance, run into uh, the Knights of the Round Table as well? <laughs> uh, yeah. Yes. I knew it. <laughs> yes, in oh, fact, um, I want to send you my book. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> Did you know when I was, um, I, I just traveled to Texas not too long ago, and whenever I travel to a different location, I always get flowed in front of, um, like, King Arthur stuff. And I actually found a community in just outside of Dallas, and it's all about the round table. That they have streets called Sir Galahad and Sir Lancelot and King Arthur Boulevard and Round Table Boulevard. I have pictures of it. It's all so funny and cool. So yes, absolutely. I'm. Um, I believe one of the things that I teach and talk about with people is that honor is key for for um, restoring uh, truth and love and equality and all of that to the planet. Honor is the thing that we've all traveled so far away from. And once we realize that just like the Knights of the Round Table used to do, when we honor each person, we honor our brothers and sisters and we have each other's backs, uh, that's when we return uh, peace upon this planet. But people do things to other people and they go, you know, I wouldn't want this done to me, but let me steal that guy's car. And that's dishonoring or even saying something to someone that's um, not very kind. You know, that's dishonorable beha- behavior, uh, not not giving someone the truth when everyone deserves the truth. And another thing that I talk about, which is totally all, you know, round table King Arthur connected is that we've all wanted to be honored since the moment of our birth. I mean, when we come into this world, this is a journey about honoring each and every person. And then what happens is we get layers put on top of us by society saying, you should do this. And that class of people isn't as good as you. And you're better than those people. And it really is this journey of returning back to honor and going, I'm not going to listen to anybody other than my heart. And when my heart tells me my truth and my heart will also tell me the value of other souls as well. So yes, I absolutely, um, I'm all about King Arthur, Mary Magdalene. I just returned from Montserrat in Spain this summer, which was an incredible uh, experience. Yeah. (laughs) And Tarragona. Have you ever been to Tarragona? No, um, I have. I, wow. My journey with King Arthur and Mary took me to the most unexpected place you would ever think 
a journey along the lines. I have not done the traditional um, path. I actually ended up in the Philippines. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Yay. Three times. Yes. Yes, Mary wow. and King Arthur took me, to the, took me to the Philippines, and that was a really weird, um, really weird way of getting introduced to to who I am and and what my purpose is. Um, so I have not done all the what you would call the traditional visitations, and, and but they're on my wish list again. Like I mean, there's you know, I mean, there's so many places in France that I really need to go. Um, <laughs> right. So, but it's 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 something that. My husband and I have agreed that we are going to do once our kids are out of the house, that we're going right. to shut down the house and we're going to hit the road and finish that part of my journey because I haven't seen these places yet in person and, and I right, need to eventually. right handy that you have a fiancé that speaks French. That's his. It okay. is right handy that I have a fiancé that speaks French. That's pretty cool. Imagine that. Um, mm. But yeah, I'd love to go there. So, but I'm curious, like, how did it all? Did I yeah. miss that part? Like, how did it all start for you? What was your, what was your calling card, so to speak? Because there had to be something that. Well, made meaning you start down that path, uh, you know. Uh, after, are you talking about after, the King Arthur path, or are you talking about just the King the, Arthur the path? Mary, the well, I know that your your father passing triggered that, but how did you get on to that particular path? Because um, yeah, well, all the knights of the Round Table, uh, King Arthur stuff started really coming in strong last summer. It was very interesting, and I was actually my moment of. Um, you know, I always talk about synchronicities and I teach people about, you know, synchronicities and everything. And I had a string of synchronicities. For example, like I was talking to a friend of mine on my cell phone in my car at the uh, grocery store about King Arthur when someone drove by me and stopped right in front of me and their license plate said Knight, K-N-I-G-H-T. I'm like, oh, for heaven's sakes, what? <laughs> so I started getting all of these um King Arthur synchronicities, and it really is all about um, the things that I write about, about bringing, restoring honor to the planet. You know, honor is key. And it, it's everyone who is on these journeys right now of walking in the truth. Uh, it's the same thing. When we're accessing this wisdom, we're also accessing the same beings of light that are guiding us behind the scenes to help us bring this era of light to fruition here on this planet. And, you know, King Arthur is one of the, you know, men who was just looked upon with such reverence from his, uh, you know, all his community because he was such a good person who was just living in his heart and doing, you know, great things for for all souls. So that's just, I, I think the people that are accessing um, the wisdom of their heart are also getting in touch with the same, um, you know, all the King Arthur stuff. In fact, I talk about trinities a lot because, uh, you know, trinities are represented in past, present, future, mind, body, soul, you know, purity, love, truth, all of that kind of stuff. And there's a lot of trinities that are forming at this time. They're part of the guardians of light. The guardians of light that I talk about all the time are part of this King Arthur energy, bringing this knightly energy back onto this planet. And I have a friend who just was um, – 
contacting me going, I feel like I'm supposed to be moving to Arkansas, but it's so weird. Why would I feel like that? I'm like, how many of you are going? Are there three of you? And she goes, yeah, why would you say that? I said, because it's a trinity. There's a lot of people. We're all getting moved around on different places of this earth to be these models like you were talking about before, to be these people that other people can look to and go, what are they doing? They're doing something different than I've been told all of this time, and we're switching it up here. Everything is getting changed around. So this um, when all this Knights nice of the Roundtable thing got in, I'm a channeler, so I get on a lot of information. And this is the thing that I got was that um, a guardian of light bringing back this nightly energy is all about if there's something that's unjust in the world, those that have the wisdom and the ability to take action, we have the responsibility to be brave and step forward and take action. And it's an honorable charge to shine the light. It's not about a battle or a fight. It's about doing what is true and just and right. So instead of waving a sword at people in the past, we're waving the, our hand, which is um, illuminating the path for people. And that's all this information that's coming through about um, King Arthur at this time. And he was we connected with, um, you know, the whole, all the Mary Magdalene energy and Mary Magdalene is, have you ever heard of the Kathleen McGowan series, the Magdalene line? Have you ever heard of that? I have heard of it. I have not read it. Well, if you're a reader, I'm not really. Uh, oh, a, I'm a reader. If you're, okay. <laughs> so just, you can get it probably on Amazon for next to nothing. There, it's a trilogy. It's about these three books and I'm just, the other thing that I'll say, I, it left my mind and then they just float it back into my mind to remind, to remember to tell you guys this, is that at this time, all of these guardians of light are being brought together. So when you guys are joking around about I'm wearing a fleur-de-lis on my necklace and all that stuff, of course it's a synchronicity, it's not a coincidence. And I've been meeting up with these other guardians. Like I can, I'm on a radio show with somebody else in another part of the country or the world, and I'm like, oh, I know why I'm meeting up with you, because they're like a knight that hasn't quite awakened yet. Now, it was even on a show not too long ago called the Knights of Liberty show, which how funny is that? I'm like, so <laughs> there's, there's all these different um, knights or guardians that are being activated right now, and we're all being connected with one another. So it's no coincidence, of course, that we're, you know, all of connected course. and talking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we we don't believe in coincidence. No. <laughs> no. We only believe in synchronicity. No, no. Yeah. <laughs> but, no, it fits in there. Um, I, I had to ask about King Arthur and the Knights of the Round Table because it wasn't long after the Mary Magdalene thing happened for me that King Arthur and the Knights of the Round Table came along. Like, so this, the two seemed to be, yes. to me, intricately connected. So it made sense to me listening to you talk in the first hour of the show. It's like there's no way that this woman has not stumbled upon that part. <laughs> right. That part of truth. Um, and I, I wanted to hear your take on it because, like I said, I, all of our – all of our ways of delivering these messages are different. And, um, you know, certainly the well, first book that I wrote that, that talks of all these things is, you know, it's, it's very synchronistic. Everything that happened to me, the synchronicities are, are really, like, overwhelming to the point where people have looked at them and gone, yeah, no way, that never happened. Um, but <laughs> that's why I, I encourage other people on the show, when we get people like you on the show, I'm like, talk about it. Tell me. Yeah. Because <laughs> you know it's in there. there that it's, because it's it's happening to other people out there and they need to know that it's okay. Right. (laughs) It can be scary and overwhelming. 
Well, I will say the one thing that I didn't say, which they're having me say, is that, um, or not having me, but they're guiding me to say that, is that when I believe, too, that when you are tapping into that, like Mary Magdalene is your journey of compassion. And once you have embraced your journey of compassion, that you are willing to see that you aren't the king of everything, (laughs) which is kind of a funny metaphor, but when you realize that we are here to show and flow compassion to everyone, then King Arthur comes in behind that because they can't have everybody the you know wielding swords everywhere. You have to be able to be in your heart to be able to get the next chapter of the wisdom that's coming through. And I believe it's all things that when you're when you continue to say yes and you continue to step forward and you continue to say I will honor the people on this planet. I will deliver the truth. I will live in the truth. You get flowed more beings of light to help you and they just keep coming in. Like if you're, if you're connected with King Arthur and Mary Magdalene, then you're also connected with Christopher Columbus. Have you been getting hits on him as well? Not recently. Okay. Well, now that's really, no, it's really odd that you mentioned that though, because it's something that happened that I never picked up on. Well, it went on for like six months after the whole King Arthur thing, and I didn't pick up on it at the time. And I'm I'm thinking back, and I'm like, oh, my goodness. (laughs) Okay, tell me why. (laughs) Well, Christopher Columbus, Columbus, and the word Columbina, Columbus, means dove. And that's also about peace. So when when you've embraced your walk of compassion, and then you're embracing your walk of truth, because King Arthur, he's all about the truth and showing people the illuminating the way, you know, here, you know, go this way, follow this way. And when you do that, then you're also uh, embracing and flowing in peace. And so when you're flowing in peace, that's when you're going to start getting a lot of messages from uh, Christopher Columbus, doves, peace doves. Um, There's just, and his name is so significant. So his name, Christopher is, you know, one with Christ who is of peace. So that's his whole name, you know, means that, which is totally significant. When in the book of Simple Human Truths that I wrote, I was in New York City when the peace um, part started flowing into me. I had been in a church. It's called St. Thomas uh, Church in New York City. And I'm looking at all these stained glasses uh, in the windows and everything. And the one that I came across was one that was um, in a a case. And it had... um, I call him Isa because that's the Irish term for Yeshua or Jesus. And he had four doves around him. And the doves really represent peace, love, truth, and joy. And in my book, it's separated into quadrants because all these journeys that we are on are our journey through peace. It's a journey through love. It's a journey through joy. It's a journey through truth. When you can balance all of those equally, that is when you have really um, found your way completely into your heart and you are flowing those out to the world. So we can all know when we are on our journeys and we have had a journey through like major drama or fights or battles. That's your journey. You're walking your journey of peace. If you have a journey and you're totally lying to people or stealing someone's cars or, you know, just being deceptive, that's your, your walk of truth. You're, you're walking on your walk of truth. If you have journeys where you've been betrayed and your heart ripped out and, 
you know, you're, you're unloving to people and people are unloving back to you. That's your journey of love. And then, of course, your journey of joy is just being able to find your way to happiness instead of depression. So all those four things are being balanced at all time. And in, on each of those walks are all of these beings of light that guide each people. Those are also representative of the four angels of the earth when I was writing that as well. They were flowing me that. So it's all connected. It's all so wonderfully connected. I love it. So anyway, Christopher Columbus is a big part of your journey. You just maybe hadn't seen that yet. But you no, will. I, I, I saw it and didn't well, notice. I've, the, doves, the doves have been like there. It's like they won't go away. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's right, like literally right after it, the whole... I mean, I'm not going to get into it. I'll send you the book. Um, but the whole, the whole Knights of the Round Table thing and, um, and, and the Philippines and, and all that stuff. And, but it's like, that's when the doves started appearing and they literally haven't stopped. Um, and, but looking back on it now, I remember I would be watching TV and it'd be like three documentaries on Christopher Columbus. Why? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but I wasn't, but I wasn't picking up on it, and because there was all this other stuff happening at the time, I was working on my second book, and I was taking being taken down this other path, and um, so I kind of got away from from looking for those particular signs. Yeah. But I did continue to notice the doves. I just stopped equating them with this other these other signs, and I never I never triggered till you said it, and I was thinking about it, and I was like, yeah, there was like six months where I couldn't get away from the word Christopher. Yeah, it just kept coming up. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, it didn't even always come together. It'd be, you know, Columbia University or um, it was just little things that. Yeah. And that's that's the beauty of synchronicity is if if your eyes are open and your heart's open, it's all around you. Like you said, with the license plate, I don't know how many times that's happened to me with signs or um, you were talking about you were talking about your your father and the deer. Yep. Right after my mother passed away, two deer stopped in the road and stopped me from going down a wrong road on a back road. And we would have been lost for hours in the back mm. roads of Ontario. Mm -hmm. But these two deer and we just we, we I knew in seeing them because that was my mom's totem was deer. Mm -hmm. So I saw those deer in the middle of the road. and I'm like, no, we're supposed to turn here because if we go that way, it's not a good idea. Um, so, you know, that's, you're talking about the synchronicities and how we find each other. That's why I've been giggling through the whole show. I'm just kind of like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, we're all being connected now at this time. So the, the other people that you guys come across, I'm sure they'll all be connected in this way as well with the roundtable stuff. So fun. Yeah. So fun. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, yeah well, it, it, it could be a description for a radio network even. Slide that in there. Well, I had to slide that in there. We did. Um, we've talked about the radio network on the show before. That we're uh, I'm working with a fellow in California <clears throat> whose last name is Arthur, and um, uh, I was supposed to be writing. Well, when we first talked about it, uh, Gene was on board with the thing, and so you know he said something about writing a, a, a deal of you know what is the network about. And, and and I said, well, we'll handle that, thinking that Jane was going to write it. And then she went into her three-month compression, 
and um, so much better than depression, compression. Um, and uh, uh, yeah, you kind of compress and introspect. But but I did. Um, Totally. Yeah, it's a totally normal thing. It's just this label that I came up with. Depression. But um, so anyway, I, he was hammering on me about it, and I, I kept trying to delay him. I was in Costa Rica. I wasn't thinking about much. And, and, and so then I just wrote this story that, you know, well, poor King Arthur was over there. And then, you know, here came two Knights of the Realm, Rick and Gene, and blah, 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 blah. And I wrote this whole thing. And and then I fired it off and thought, you know, well, everybody will think that'll be fun, funny and that'll get me another week. And everybody was like, this is perfect. <laughs> I, I swear it was right out of blue. I just saw Arthur, boss, see, King Arthur. Okay, here we go. Knights. Yeah. And uh, Gene was like, no, it's perfect. Leave it, leave it just like it is. It's perfect. Oh, that's funny. Don't mess with it. Did you guys see – you'll you'll see, too – I think, which is so awesome. Like when all of the King Arthur stuff started flowing to me, I realized that, you know, this is going to be a tidal wave of night stuff. You're going to see this like everywhere. And I just noticed the other day that Annie Leibovitz took a picture of um, Deborah Harry, you know, the blondie Deborah Harry, and she's in a full night outfit with chain mail and armor. And it's a really cool picture. So if you ever want to Google her, you know, Google Annie Leibovitz, Deborah Harry, you know, Knight or whatever, and you'll find that picture. It's pretty amazing. So it's it's all over. I mean, they're really trying to uh, um, activate the knights that are here to illuminate, you know, this this planet now and and get this stuff going, you know, so that we can all uh, start breaking apart all these things that just do not serve us at, in any way, shape, or form. And and I really do say to people if it's ne- if it's negative it's not positive so if if it's something that anyone is focusing on that's negative or if it's anything that you're focusing on that is fear based then you're not focusing on something that's love based and we're either you know I, anyone can give me any example of anything and i can tell you in a split second whether it's a fear based or a love based um thing that someone has created to hold someone back or a certain set of people back or whether it's allowed someone to, um, you know, break these chains of a prison and move forward freely about the country and about the planet, you know. So we're all being asked to do that. We're all being asked to really um, walk in the truth and uh, walk with love and be these peaceful warriors, whether you have been battling for years, it's time that, um, you know, we're stepping into this heart and being this peaceful warrior. Right. And, and, and you tear down those ill-conceived structures with a sword, but with the sword of truth, not with, you know. Absolutely. The metal sword. And, and that's why I found it interesting. You know, you're talking about all these synchronicities. Your book is the book of simple human truths. And your book, Jane, is entitled? Truth. Yeah. Oh! Novel. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. So you kept you kept talking about Molly. You kept talking about these people that are working in you know in terms of the truth, the truth, and I just I, your your book cover Jane, is stuck in my head tonight because oh, there it is. I've, truth. I, you know that's what I'm thinking. Like I, I usually 
Molly, we wait until we the show's posted and everything, and then I send you the book. And I send it, but I'm going to get your email before we get off the show tonight. I'm going to send you the book right away because you're going to recognize a lot of the artwork in it. Yeah, it'll be a lot of fun. I actually have like I think it's on the first page. I think there's a, a drawing of a mother with child, and in the drawing of the mother a child, there is King Arthur's sword. There's the fleur de lis, King Arthur's crown, the rose. Yeah, so your medallion. It, it does my medallion, which you'll you'll see on the front page, and it'll it'll click for you. It's just it's always entertaining for me to find a sister. Out oh, there. absolutely! <laughs> That's totally cool. I love it. That's really oh, cool. That's cool. I love my job. <laughs> it's grand, isn't it? It is. Yeah, you do meet totally cool people. Well, if you're talking about King Arthur, then I'm just going to throw the next thing. If you haven't run into King Solomon, he's right behind King Arthur. So, <laughs> absolutely, the Solomon keys came into it. Absolutely, you can't you can't get far on that journey without stumbling on the Solomon keys. Yeah, <laughs> it just just doesn't happen. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they're all connected. It's all there. It's all in there. It's all there. See, I'm not crazy. That's right. <laughs> Well, you're crazy. You're just our kind of crazy. (laughs) Our kind of crazy. That's awesome. Um, Okay, so tell me a little bit about your book and how people can find you, because I want to hear more about the book. Now you got me totally totally intrigued. See, my job is to not know anything about you going into this interview. Mm. Well, that's And now I know enough about you that I want to know more about the book. I want to know what's going on in there. Okay. Why did you title it what you did? Well... The Issa wrote a book called The Book of Love. And at the time that I wrote The Book of Simple Human Truths, I did not know that he wrote a book called The Book of Love. I I didn't know that. Um, And this book actually is written in the fashion that it's all, it's just truth. Like you don't have to put it through any filter and go, I don't know. Some of that stuff sounds right. Some of it doesn't. You will feel from your heart when you read it that it's absolutely um, the truth. It was a journey through absolute wisdom uh, when I wrote that complete book because I wanted to make sure that there was nothing in there that would have anyone cause to question anything. It's all written in the simplest of terms because um, we as man have made uh, simplicity complex. And I'm trying to take simplicity back to simplicity because simplicity doesn't need to be difficult, you know. And all of this stuff that we're talking about is the essence of love. It's all our journeys, no matter where you go and what you go to and everything like that. The thing that I found out when I was sitting next to my father before he passed away was that you really want two things in the world. You want to know that, you know, you're loved and you wanted to be able to love people unconditionally. And by knowing that you left an impact on the world is not how many skyscrapers did you build or how much money you had in your bank account. It's how many lives did you impact. And that is an absolute truth that you could ask any soul on this planet. Like you can't bring your skyscraper with you and you can't bring your Mercedes Benz with you. But what you can bring back are the memories of the things that you've done along your way, illuminating the pathway for others, spreading positivity and light, and lighting up the planet in your own special way. And so it's all about that. It's about 
how can we change things and make an impact here? How can we spread goodness across the planet and do things for other people unconditionally? And then we get blessed in return because every time we do something out in the world, it reverberates back to us and it comes back as a thank you as well in the form of some kind of a blessing. So. No. Uh oh. Hello? Molly. Lost her. Molly, go bye bye. Elsa's <laughs> world is there we go. a different oh. way. There she is. But, oh, did you lose me? We, we lost you just for a we moment lost there. You. Oh, yeah, sorry. Just for a second. So sorry. I'm back. Uh, well, you know, technology is a wonderful thing. When it works. It's, it's, it's kind of one of those, actually, I think it was kind of one of those spirit things because it was as soon as you said in the form of a blessing and then it stopped and it was like that silence that I think George wanted us to all go, hmm, mm. just yeah. for a minute. Let hmm. that soak in a moment. We do that sometimes yeah. in conversation. We just be quiet. And, we'll and, think uh, about particularly it. when I was in Costa Rica, guests, <laughs> guests would ask, are you there? Yeah, yeah, we're here. We're just stunned. Oh, funny. Yeah, we're here. Well, sometimes, I don't know if you guys, uh, if this happens with you, but I have to consciously ground a lot because when I uh, go out sometimes to get information, sometimes I go way out and then the line gets all warbled. So uh, sometimes um, it doesn't happen when I'm actually on a call that the call drops, but I can hear when I play back, like sometimes it gets warbled. So I'm not sure if that's what happened. So I'll just yeah. try and stay really here. <laughs> well, we, we, we blew out a fellow's, uh, one guest's router. It blew up right at the end of our show. We, oh, geez. We were rough on technology when we first started. We've been doing good lately. Yeah, but, uh, I know. It's a balancing act. Yeah. Well, and then you guys were asking me how they can find everything that I do, and I really have everything um, – on one, it's a website called violetwisdom.com. So the angel classes that I teach, my book is on that website, the connection to uh, my radio show, and all the stuff that I do is on that violetwisdom.com website so they can find me that way. Perfect. Because you do have, besides the book, you, have the, uh, you mentioned angel classes. You have an angel communicator class, uh, I understand. Yes, I actually have uh, I have different classes. I, I teach people how to connect with their loved ones that have crossed over so that they realize that they're never left, you know, to wander alone, that we're always surrounded by love and that we get signs in so many different ways via license plates, via you smell, you know, something that you know was connected to your grandmother's perfume or a, a car drives by you and it's the color of your mom's favorite, you know, curtain or something like that. So there's all these different ways that people can connect with their loved ones that have crossed over. And then I also have a, a, a complete course with audio and pictures and video. And it and I, I take pictures of all my synchronicities that I can capture, like whether I've captured a fairy orb in a picture or a or an orb. And actually, you know, King Arthur again, which is funny, I was at a castle in Napa Valley this summer. And I took a picture, and uh, as these sun streams were coming 
from beyond, behind the castle, and I got the coolest little fairy orb. It's bright green, and it's in this picture. It was so cool. And I actually took a series of pictures so you can see it moving around in the picture. It was really cool. So I, I document all this stuff, and that's in these angel courses that I have on line and people can take them anytime they want in you know the solitude of their own home at their own pace so there's no pressure and then I'm going to start do a webinar series so that people can get on the line with me and ask me questions that's awesome so essentially you're you're trying to teach people how to connect for themselves so that they don't have to go through mediums absolutely i think that so we you're just all kind of you're 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 finishing my my buddy's work there, just you know, because that's what Yeshua was doing. <laughs> I know people kind of missed that part of his message, but that's really all he was here trying to do was say, you know, um, you don't really need an intermediary. You don't need a priest. <laughs> you don't need the priest. You, you don't want. need clean money. You don't. Yep. Yeah. Focus on that money changer thing was all about money. It wasn't about money. The money changers was because your money's dirty and you have to have clean money to give to the priests to pay them to pray for you. And that was and just a lie. that the priests was bad enough. That, that that they have to talk to God for you, but now you got to have clean money. Okay, I've had it. I'm that's it. Get out. And Yeah. I, he I, was just teaching people you, you all have it within you, you know. We all have it yeah. within us and we all and even Pope Francis, which, you know, we love the Pope Francis. He even said that his whole um, perspective on heaven and hell has changed. I mean, he's even coming out, which is so awesome that he's saying, know. you know, that hell really lives within us. It's our own personal hell that we create. It's not some location. It's within us. And so that's why I'm saying you either have to realize, do you want that, do you want that experience that you have heaven on earth? Or do you want to have hell on earth? And a lot of people are going to choose. So heaven means love. Hell means fear. You're going to either choose the dimension of love at this point, or you're going to choose the dimension of fear, which is your own personal hell. So it's not a, a you know a place other than right with, contained within you. I just, you know, it's, it's the first time in history that I've been able to say, God bless the Pope. <laughs> yeah. Right? I love the Pope. That kind of would... <laughs> Would not have happened, and and, and because it's, it, it's been a, it, it um, is it's it's stunning to me, you know. I felt like he was different, but the roundtable nightly bravery that he has to just stand up and say what he feels, and uh, uh, yeah, I mean things well, that send shockwaves through the whole church, and he's just sort of casually going, yeah, well. You know what? Gay gay person seeking after is. trying to be good and, and, and all of that? Who am I to judge? Well, goodness, if the Pope can't judge him, that leaves out the rest of the Catholic Church, doesn't it? Right. Well, and he's an exemplary person who is a peaceful warrior. That's that's a peaceful warrior that's walking, do you see? So he is, he is a, a guardian of light who is here now, awakened and illuminated, and he is at the exemplary example of a peaceful warrior that people are following because they can feel it in the essence of their bones. They're like, this guy knows what he's talking about. This guy's got and, it. 
And my and thing here's is, the thing. There's oh. so many people within because you know when I first started when I first started work on that first book, that was my thing. I was raised Christian, and half of my family is Catholic. And although I saw the value of the messages of Yeshua, I did not see the value in the teachings of the church. So there was this huge internal war within me. And I wrote that book. And in the book, I wrote about things like equality. And I wrote about things like there's a message of love there. Why are we still judging? What is this heaven mm-hmm. and this hell thing? What's going on? How can we, how can we be told to love our neighbor and, hate, and, and yet we, we hate our neighbor and we condemn them for not following the church's laws? And that's not what Jesus was teaching us. And there was this huge conflict within. And I spoke to so many Christians and so many different people from so many different belief systems. And they all saw this to be a truth. And they all agreed that this was a truth. And then this man comes along at the head of the church and says, yes, I understand. I understand why you're feeling angst. I understand your anger. I understand your disappointment. I understand that you want to leave this organization because what it has done has been, it's failed you. It is a contradiction. And so now he's coming and he's speaking the truth and people are coming to him and they're looking at him and it's confirmation for them more than anything. It's confirmation that what is in their hearts Mm -hmm. is true. Mm -hmm. And what has been in their hearts has been that what they have been taught is a lie. And that's why it's so amazing and so beautiful. Like I watch some of the things that he does and I'm just in awe. And there are times when I'm just, there's tears streaming down my face because I'm like, there's hope, you know? There's hope, finally, that the leader of the Catholic Church can stand before crowds of people and say, this is the truth. What you've been taught is a lie, then there's hope. There's hope for humanity. There's hope for our planet. There's hope for our future. Because everybody knows that that's the truth. Everybody knows that love is the truth. But we've been taught that we aren't allowed to express that. We've been taught that we aren't allowed to embrace that. Or that we have to flavor it in a certain way or tilt it in a certain way. Right. Right. And then he he comes along and he confirms everything that we know within to be a truth. So for anybody who's ever been raised with any kind of Christian teaching whatsoever, he has helped millions of people see the truth in their own hearts. And mm-hmm. and like the, and, you and, know, and, but he's done it in such a humble way. <laughs> and and so to cool. me, it's 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 it, what an example for other. Big oh, leaders, so awesome. you know, if you can take something so seemingly monolithic as as the church and begin to turn, that's a big ship, you know, mm-hmm. take a little while to turn, but you can begin to turn and you don't, you know, get shot or fired or whatever else, then other big leaders of corporations, governments, what it, change is possible and, you know, Mm-hmm. I, I, I see in my heart that I would rather it be this way, but, you know, I'm just all my advisors, all my everybody, they just, this is how it's done. And so, no, yeah. enough of this is how it's done, you know, and, 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 and he's walking it. He's, he's, he's walking the truth, but he's walking a relatively careful line. He's careful not to cross the word, direct words of his immediate predecessors and, 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 and but still is, but the truth is the truth, and here it is. 
And, and, and then they, he just goes back into his little apartment. Not the big people. They apartment, threw the me thing. out of confirmation classes for saying the same things that the Pope is now saying. I was tossed. Oh, yeah. I told to think about it and to come back. Yeah. You can't I know, come it, back and tough. Yeah, I think the thing that's changed, again, is that this is the era of light. So people, the hearts of the one, the hearts of all of us, you know, you can go out to the grid at any time and tap into, you know, the hearts of the one. And the hearts of the one are calling this forward now. The, what you know, we were talking about way at the beginning of this show that we're, you know, we're basically different now than we were five minutes ago. So the hearts of the one were different when you were in confirmation class and you were getting thrown out. It's like everybody was like, yeah, you be quiet. You listen to what is being told. You be quiet. But now people are willing to take their blinders off and their earplugs out and the tape across their mouth off. And people are not being still anymore. This is the era of truth and being brave and stepping forward and letting our voices be heard. Many people that have suffered from uh, thyroid disorders and thyroid um, cancer and throat cancer, uh, a lot of people have suffered from that because of stuffing their voice, not being able, everything got choked, all the energy gets stuck right in that spot, and you can't say what you want to say. And so that's not going to happen. If once we release that energy and we go, no, this is my voice, I'm speaking my truth here, and we're all being called to speak our truth when we see something in front of us that's an injustice, even if it's a tiny little one. I talk about mini course corrections, and when we make these mini changes, when something little is in front of us, it doesn't turn into a big snowball. We correct it at the time that it occurs, like that The best example I could give you is like the BP oil rig disaster. There were many course corrections, thousands of them that could have been made before that whole disaster occurred. And along the way, people weren't speaking their truth when they were seeing somebody doing something there or they weren't saying, hey, we got to change this. This is going to happen. This could not be good for not only our company, but for humanity. And so it's all changing and it's all good. And the thing that Pope Francis has so well is he really walks with conscious humility. And I have that in my book as well. It's about being able to consciously walk through your journey and not have your ego in the front of you where you're just saying, you know what? I made a mistake there or I made a mistake when I was belonged with this group, but I'm correcting it now. And I hope that you won't persecute me for the mistakes that I've made because that doesn't help anybody. But what I'm going to do is be honest with you and totally transparent. And from this day forward, I'm going to let you know what's going on. And that's why people are turning to him because they believe and they know in their heart that it's not a smokescreen anymore, that he's absolutely speaking from the heart of the one and the truth. So that's why he's such an awesome person, which is cool. Yeah, it's very cool. It just is. It's very, very cool. It is. And, and that's the thing. He's, he, he walks it. You know, he's not just mm-hmm. lip servicing anything. And, uh, nope. and, and, and what a grand circle. We've had all these synchronicities with, with Jean over there, with you and Jean. And uh, now you want to talk about BP. I've got one more for her. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I used, talk about, well, talk I used about to work BP for, for a second. 
Yeah. I used to work for Transocean, <laughs> the drilling company that had oh. that on the rig. And I left there in, at the tail end of 99, beginning of 2000. I think it was January or February of 2000. But I, I left them, and I left shouting from the roof, rooftops, including a letter I wrote to the board of directors, that, listen, people, your, your safety culture has gone to hell. It's decaying bad and fast, and something bad is going to happen. You're going to sink a rig, and you're going to kill people. Now, I thought they were going to sink one. I didn't think they were going to blow one up. But... Um, and I, I lost friends. I had a, I had a dear friend that, that, uh, and, and just a fine, fine father and man that was, he was right in the front. He vaporized first. And, um, they didn't listen though. That's the problem. You spoke. Yeah. They had, they had a, they, they had a safety meeting before they did all of that stuff. And the people from the rig said, okay, look, this isn't okay. And when I first started with Transocean, if the rig people said this isn't okay, it didn't matter what the client said, you, it wasn't okay. But they had reached the point where the, the client, the, the person that hired the rig, BP, company representative, said, you don't understand, this isn't a meaning to ask you whether we're going to do this, this is telling you what we're going to do, and if you don't want to do it, we'll go get somebody else. And they all shrunk back. and mm-hmm. They all said their thing, but then they didn't stand on it. And um, and that's the difference between to me between you know John up the road and a warrior. The slings and arrows begin to fly. The warrior stands there, stands his ground. Right. And you may not. You don't have to go after them. Drop the go after them. Drop the take the offensive. And 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 just stand your ground on your truth. And 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 people will see it. And um, and it may take a while, but people will always see it. People will always feel it. It's an innate ability. And um, if they haven't been so trained to ignore it that they miss it, there you go. It, it's, it's all you have to do. And, you know, people were like, man, you, you know, you were one of their best barge engineers and blah, 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 blah. Well, yeah, that was the only way I could keep being one of the best. The guy that signs the logbook and says, I take responsibility for the 99 souls on board. And I told them I couldn't sign it anymore because they wouldn't let me do my job. And that I think we will see in waves and droves Mm -hmm. these days. People just standing up and going, look, we're just not going to do that. It's just not right. But it takes those warriors to stand out there on the tip of the sword all by themselves and once somebody has to go wait a minute and then and then it starts to just snowball it just starts to come together and uh, that would be my takeaway about the whole thing is just stand up and say your truth and then if they go and run into the wall eh, yeah it well and one of my one of my things that I know I have come to this planet to bring forth is to make it cool to tell the truth and live in the truth. And it's going to be cool to be kind and cool to do all the things that people thought, oh, that's not fun. You can have fun living in the truth. You know, you can have fun being kind to other people. You can have fun 
being compassionate and loving people and standing up for what is right. And it's going to be cool to do that. And then it's also going to be cool to show people that when you're helping illuminate something with truth, though, we really must be um, compassionate warriors as well. Because if we judge anyone else for not being where we are at this point, then we haven't learned either. So we, we must be able to show compassion to someone for ha- who hasn't been um, awakened yet to something and just shine as much light as you can into someone's heart and hope that they awaken. The, the best example I can give you on that, which helped me a lot, was that you know, SeaWorld, they came out with that movie Blackfish, and I couldn't watch it for more than like two minutes. It just was, it was too much for me. So, but the one part that I saw was one of the guys who worked on one of those ships that were um, taking these whales out of the ocean. And, and you know, these mothers and are screaming and, oh, my God, all that kind of stuff. And he said, I just didn't know. You know, I just didn't know. And now he does. And that's why he's um, helping illuminate this as well. So some of the people that, you know, just like on BP, you know, and all these other places that have maybe been the biggest scoundrels, you know, are the are some of the ones that once they awaken will be the biggest illuminators. So it's our job as these peaceful warriors to try and, and awaken them um, with compassion and love because we don't, we close down hearts with fear and judgment, and we open hearts with love and compassion. So, yeah, certainly a missing element when I when I left Transocean because I was all about listen, this is people are going to die. Yeah. Well, that's fear based, and um, it's certainly not the way I would handle it today. I would still stand up and leave, but absolutely. But I would I would explain my reasons differently and uh, and focus on it's my job the safety of life at sea as they call it mm-hmm. uh, it was that was my job that was the primary thing under my job description and and say listen you're not letting me do my job so I got to go somewhere I can do my job uh, and instead of no oh, you're going to kill people you people are bad this is bad because I did I had a lot of judgment about the new guys that had come in and changed things. And, yeah. um, but that's just part of a journey. And you know what, though? People, even though that happened all those years ago, people are going to be learning from what you did because everything is for a reason. There's nothing that happens on a time fragment in time that isn't for the good of something. And so you just being in your core integrity and standing up for what's right and saying, I, can't, I cannot do this. I am not going to be one of the sheeple. I am going to go in this direction because this just doesn't feel right. The more people that do that, you start another couple people and then a wave starts and then a whole movement begins. So everything is um, for the better of the, you know, for the better good. So it's awesome that you did that. Oh yeah. I'm not, uh, I'm still glad that I did. Uh, And, uh, but I do think that, that, that people are in a, in a place where they're, they're more aware. They're more. They're noticing. They're willing to pick up and go with, as opposed to laugh and go, yeah, yeah, but that's not how we make money. Um, and um, and you know, now we've got 
chief operating officers of great big wealthy companies saying, yeah, yeah, it's not about the money. And and people are probably going, what? What was his bonus last year? But mm-hmm. that transparency is one of the things I insisted about the radio network from day one. I said, the books have got to be open. Open for inspection. Where'd the money go? It went here. And because then it's all transparent, and then people don't mind so much. Really, they don't mind people having success. They mind people having success at the expense of others. It's what they mind. Yes. Absolutely. But I mean, think about, think about some of the most all-time like favorite shows of our times are all about people celebrating other people's successes. American Idol is a huge hit. X Factor is a huge hit. So mm-hmm. you think you can dance? Huge hit. What are those shows about? Celebrating somebody's success. This person worked their butt off. They deserve to get the prize. Yep, That's the absolutely. bottom line. People watch those shows not because they want to see people fail. In fact, it's gotten to the point where they don't want to eliminate anybody. Like, we wish everybody could win because that would be better. People watch them because they're uplifting, because they're inspiring, and that's, that's how drastically things have changed in our world. I don't think we'll ever see another BP. Not like that. I don't think it'll ever happen again. Yeah, and I think and, and that... That's... Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say that's the beauty of the times that we live in, is that we're at the point now where I... I I feel really good about where humanity's headed. I have absolutely no fear for our future. And that's a pretty profound way to look at the world. Yeah, right. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And and when we're living in the era of light, then then things aren't hidden anymore. So you you really um the the transparency issue across the board is is just hyper focused. I have that in my book about open I call it open book living that you know anyone can go on my computer, look in my desk, uh look in my car, they can do they can go into anything of what I've been doing, check any history on my computer or anything like that. I have absolutely nothing to hide. I live with an open book because I want to be able to have people go not only is she talking about truth and transparency and purity and that this is attainable? But she's living it, too. She's, like, doing it. And I think that's where a lot of um, what's been happening in our culture and our society that we've fallen down on, especially, like, you know, let's say a preacher or something, you know, they're saying from their pulpit, you got to do this, you have to do that. And then, meanwhile, their home life looks nothing like what it looks like what they're talking about. So we when we're exactly. living open book lives, we are we are the same people that we are talking with on the radio as if I hung up from you guys and I t- have a conversation with someone else, I am the same person. I do not change my coat at all. It's the same uh the same thing that you're going to get across the board, whether I'm with a child or I'm an adult or in a boardroom or whatever, I value all people's opinions and um, my foundation is based in integrity. And you cannot have different shades of integrity and there are no different shades of truth. Something is either an untruth or it's a truth. Something is either not of integrity or it's of integrity. And so the more people 
that come on board and and get awakened, pricked awakened, you know, the more people that that happens with, they'll they'll realize that all the stuff that we're talking about is really spot on. Yeah, it's almost time for us to not be crazy anymore. They go, wow, they're not so crazy. <laughs> Maybe they're not so crazy after all. <laughs> it, it, it it is. It's an amazing time, and 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 the energy is is like. It feels almost like a bud ready to burst into flower, and uh, and it's just every minute of it's exciting. But speaking of it's minutes, pretty cool. Yes, we're there. We did it again. We did. Fantastic right conversation. Found another member of the Everyday Connection family, as we call it. People think <laughs> we're teasing when we talk about that, but we're not. And you say, well, they're family, so then you talk to them often. No, we've had them on the show, haven't talked to them since. But they're over there doing their thing, and it's good. Um, but we do but talk to we them do. After. Yeah, we get people we, back. We have and we certainly, a relationship with a lot of people that we've had on the show. And, and certainly would love to have you back with us. And, um, Absolutely. And, of course, people can catch you, what, what is it, four days a week? They can get a little Violet Wisdom on the radio? Yes, absolutely. Yep. We we uh, broadcast four days a week, bunch of in, inspiration and goodness, honor, truth, love, messages about all of that. That's all I talk about is positivity and love and truth. <laughs> well, heaven knows we talked about negativity long enough. <laughs> if that was going to do yeah, any good, it would have done it by now. Not anymore. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. absolutely. Just not just doesn't work. So everybody get by violetwisdom.com. And you can also go to Blog Talk Radio, which is where our show is, at least at the moment, and type in Violet Wisdom and find the show there. So you can get a, a great way to start the day, a little dose of wisdom and truth. And Because some of the quotes, I was looking at some of the quotes from your book, and you talk about the intimate connection between love and truth. And I'd say you can throw beauty right in there with it, because when you... It just all comes together. It's a package deal. Absolutely. How cool is that? Awesome. Everybody can take their twofer back and get a threefer. (laughs) (laughs) So much better. It's the new way. All right. So violetwisdom.com. And don't forget us over at everydayconnection.me because, like I said, there's new things coming. We've talked about this new radio network that's going to be starting, and we're going to be there uh, with more of these. And, gosh, how many shows do we have now, Jean? 200 and 300? Did we get 300 yet? I don't know. I haven't counted recently. I've been off introspecting, (laughs) decompressing. Yes. Yes. Well, it was funny. You were talking about the just, you know, all of that, and and, and, uh, Bashar was talking about it recently. He says it's a natural thing, compression. You look around and you're not sure which way to go, so you go inside. You compress and go in, go within to find the answer. And then you find it and you re-expand. And I was like, see, that sounds like something everybody ought to do every once in a while is some compression. And depression sounds so icky. Well, it's one of those things that she hit on. I, the, the word responsibility, that we have a responsibility. And part of my healing process is knowing that I have a responsibility not only to myself and my family to find a cure for this but if I can find a cure for this no when I find a cure for this to share that 
it's my responsibility. It's my personal battle and it's my gift to people. You know, so there's nothing wrong with, with a little decompression or introspection or whatever you want to call it. Yes, depression sounds so... Okay. And I don't mean to make light of the word because I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm the last person on the planet who would say that it, it's it's something to be taken lightly. It's not. And that's a whole other show. However, there is a way out. And that's... There is the other side. That's all that matters. This too shall pass. Yes, it didn't come to stay. Nope, it came to pass. Absolutely. Right Absolutely. By. Pass right on by. That'd be good. So again, Molly, thank you so much for coming and playing with us and spending some time sharing you your time, talent, and treasure with everybody in the planet. You bet. Thanks for having me. It was an honor to be with you guys. Thank you. And stick around for a couple minutes. Don't hang up because right after the show, I want to get your email address and everything so I can send you some stuff. And Rick? Well, we hope that you will join us again next time. But until then. To our mother, to each other, but especially to yourselves. Stay connected. Have a great now, everybody. Join Jean and Rick again next time. Until then, visit their website at everydayconnection.me and subscribe for news and updates. Stop by their Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash everydayconnection and join the conversation. You can also subscribe on iTunes by searching for Everyday Connection Radio. Subscriptions are free, just like your Everyday Connection. question of your life the only question before that question how do you find the perfect ring to ask it with with the incredible selection of diamonds at jared and our price match guarantee you can dare to stop searching and find the perfect diamond at a price you'll love visit your local jared store today and dare to be devoted we promise to match any price on a like loose certified diamond of the same quality from any other jewelry retailer see jared.com slash price match for details So you're ready to ask the biggest question of your life, the only question before that question. How do you find the perfect ring to ask it with? With the incredible selection of diamonds at Jared and our price match guarantee, you can dare to stop searching and find the perfect diamond at a price you'll love. Visit your local Jared store today and dare to be devoted. We promise to match any price on a like loose certified diamond of the same quality from any other jewelry retailer. See jared.com slash price match for details.